0: Welcome to the His and Her's Podcast. I'm Zach Bennett, alongside my sister Paige. Today, we have a doozy for you. We recap the tremendous heartbreak that was Thursday Night Football for all Viking fans, including us. We then dive into what week two will bring us after seeing the first week in action. What does it mean for the games this weekend? That is all next here on the His and Her's Podcast. All righty, Paige. We don't need to delve too much into our families, Um, but I will say that if the Vikings only fumble three times and weren't minus seven in the turnover department, I guess minus six because they did pick off Jalen Hurts. So they had three week one, four week two. So if they weren't plus minus six in the turnover department, even minus four, minus three, they would be a 2-0 football team. But they're not. They're 0-2. They lose 34 to 28 to the reigning NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles. And it doesn't feel very good. No yeah, good. At obviously,
1: all. disappointing loss, but also, I mean, there's a lot of things you could talk about with this game. It was weird from the get from the start, uh, back to back turnovers from both the Eagles and then the Vikings. We get an interception, Vikings then fumble on the first down. Um We could dive into how that touchback rule might be the stupidest rule in all of football Um, that would have put the Vikings up by one going into halftime. We could really dive into a lot of things here, but I don't know. I'm like obviously disappointed, but I'm still hopeful like it's week two. We haven't been blown out by a team. Our losses are not other teams beating us. It's us beating ourselves, which obviously there's a point to that. Um, And concerns around that. But I don't know. I don't feel I don't feel as defeated as I have felt in past seasons. Like we're like, we're going to figure it out. Our O-line has been wrecked since second down of last week's first game. So I don't know. I think I think they'll get into a rhythm. I think they'll figure it out. I prefer this outcome much better than last year's outcome against the Eagles in prime time on Monday night football when we lost severely and it was a spanking the entire time. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's my take on it. Like, I think that we saw a lot of holes in the Eagles. I think that you saw that the pass, if you defend the pass rush, well, um, the Eagles can be shut down really easily from a pass game. Our defensive line was not prepped or ready to handle the run game. Obviously that that's where the Eagles were able to get their yardage and their points. It's how they were able to control the clock. And so I just think that you saw a lot of holes in the Philadelphia's offense that, Teams over the coming weeks are going to be able to pick apart and really utilize. And so, I think that there's a lot of things to be concerned on both sides. Obviously, the Eagles sitting at two and zero, oh, but I think that there's a lot uh, to be looked at on that team because there's a lot of room for improvement, but also a lot of areas for other teams to be able to pick apart and narrow in and shut down Jalen Hurts in that run game.
0: Yeah, the biggest thing for the Vikings, uh, I, I think, they're better. I, again Owen two saying this is always kind of interesting and it's amazing you know if you win that week 1 how different everything kind of feels i think you can walk away from this game you know if you were sitting at 1-1 thinking okay we we went in there could very could, very easily could have won that football game uh but they 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 now face what i would deem as early as a must win as you could have and it's it's against the chargers and it, it luckily it'll be at home because they play the Panthers right after um, and, you know, fall 0-3, I think. The, but right now, the playoff percentage is at 11%. You know, it's tough to be in September and think about playoff percentage when you still got 15 games left. But historically speaking, you start 0-2, uh, you make the playoffs 11% of the time. Now, the caveat to that is that's a lot of data that had six playoff teams in the field. That's a lot of data, obviously, without a 17-game regular season. So you can glean from that what you want to. When you look at it, they play charge at home, then they play the Panthers, and now home against the Chiefs and at the Bears. The best case scenario, what they need to be at that point is the three and three. Uh, you know, if 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 they come out of the first six three and three after falling into the O two hole, then you just roll your sleeves up and get to work the rest of the season, where hopefully you know it'll soften up in the middle, middle to later part, and they still have the Lions twice to end the year, who seem to be probably going to be the division leader at that point. So like I told you, you fumble three times, you win that game, but they fumbled four, which is one too many. And unfortunately they're now 0-2. Sad, better football team than I think they were last year overall. Now, that defense got tired. They're a little undersized. But that defense the was line.
1: stellar. And If the defense wasn't on the field for 90% of the game, we could have seen a lot more. But I really was impressed by the defensive play in the first half for the Minnesota Vikings, which is more than we can say for the past three years.
0: Yeah. And and to touch on real quickly, because we have a lot to talk about, um, but the dumbest rule in sports, it just makes no sense that, you know, Justin Jefferson breaches out, it goes through. And I've said this forever. You know, I remember when the Cleveland Browns were playing the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs, the mm-hmm. semifinals, 2020, 20, yeah, I think it was a 2020 year. And um, I can't remember who the wide receiver was, but he reached out to to it across the goal. I actually gets helmet to helmet, like right to the side of the helmet, fumbles it out of the back, completely changed that game. And this game was exactly the same. They go down. It was 10 to seven. The Vikings go all the way down the field. Justin Jefferson reaches out and all of a sudden it went from where the Vikings would have been 14 to 10 going into half. So there was 27 to seven, you know, early into the third quarter when everything kind of fell apart there. Um, There's a lot to talk about in, you know, the punt return that the Vikings, you know, that the pal makes a great play. It's a good return, ends up fumbling. They would have the ball in the 20 when no one had scored at that point. Or maybe it was three nothing in favor of the Eagles. You know, Madison fumbling right after getting a Jalen Hurts interception. Just another gut punch. And so overall, the Vikings have hurt themselves, obviously. The season isn't over yet. There's signs that they're a really good team. Addison is legit. Deep threat back to, you know, he's a touchdowns
1: in his first two NFL games. Let's
0: go. And and he's the third Vikings receiver to do that. Sammy, Sammy White, Percy Harvin, and now Jordan Addison. Um, I think by next week when they play the Chargers, he'll be (laughs) wide receiver two. I don't think I don't think we'll see KJ Osborne taking the majority of the reps at the two position. So just a tough game. I mean, if you looked at Kirk Cousins' stat line, if you told me it before the game, I would have thought that was a win, especially when you compare it to just Jalen Hurts. 31 for 44, 364 and four touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, 18 for 23, 193 and one touchdown, one interception. But here where the difference was in the game, Alexander Madison, eight carries for 28 yards. DeAndre Swift, 28 carries for 175 yards. That is almost hard to believe. But Those
1: numbers you would think you're watching a 1985 Bears game.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of Bears, Justin Jefferson now in his fourth season has more reception, receiving yards than any Bears in their 100-year history. Um, he also is the fastest wide receiver to 5,000 yards. Uh, so there's a lot of love thrown to JJ. First two games of the year. Uh, 150 in both of them, or he was close to 150 the first of So
1: you could just see you could just see that touchback play eating him alive the whole yeah. second half of that game. You could see it written all over his face. So you know what? Bigger and better things. JJ's gonna ball out against the Chargers. We're about to see some crazy stuff happen.
0: Absolutely. So we're gonna buzz through these. We still have we have a number of games on Sunday. Uh with two. We have the they kind of switched this a few years ago where they now they make week two. The doubleheader of Monday Night Football. I am not, don't know what that was. It used to always be a week one thing, but here we are. So the first game we have on the docket, we have the Bengals and the Ravens. The Bengals coming off what would be called abysmal by many people. Joe Burrow struggled 82 yards. We talked about that at length. Uh, Who do you have in this game and why?
1: Um, First, I have to say, the thing I love about when uh, my team, the Vikings, play on Thursday night, is that there's a scene in Harry Potter in like the first one when they Hogwarts is trying to get Harry the letter, but his uncle Vernon doesn't want him to read the letter. And so Hogwarts keeps sending this letter and Uncle <laughs> Vernon's freaking out. But there's then the scene gets to Sunday and Uncle Vernon's like, Sunday's my favorite day of the week. Do you know why that is? And he asks Dudley and Dudley's like, no post on Sunday. And he's like, no post on Sunday. And sometimes that's how I feel. Of like, you know what, football Sundays when my team doesn't play and I don't have that stress of like willing the Vikings to win, those are some of the best days because I just get to watch football games that I'm not emotionally invested in. And so anyways, I'm just pumped for Sunday. But going back to the ravens Bengals game, I'm going to take the Bengals in this matchup. I think this is one of the hardest games for me to decide. I think it's going to be a great game on Sunday. But I think there's a couple things. Um, One, the Bengals offense was obliterated last week by the Browns defense, and I just don't think that Joe Burrow and Mixon and Higgins and Jamar Chase are going to go a second week in the row and let the same thing happen. So I think that those guys have had their boots to the ground, like they're ready to rock and roll this week. Um, The Ravens coming off a good game, obviously exciting things from like Zay Flowers, and I think that they both have better offensive lines than pass rushes. So I think you're going to see a lot of amazing throws. You're going to see a lot of depth, but I think that Burrow has the edge. He has the edge historically in this matchup, winning three and two. Those two wins do come when Lamar Jackson, two of those wins come when Lamar Jackson was not playing, which I think needs to be noted. Um, But I still think that the Bengals are going to pull this one out simply because I don't think you're going to see Joe Burrow not try and just, he's just going to ball out on this game. I just have a feeling. So I'm going with the Bengals. What say ye?
0: I, I think that the Bengals just, uh, I think it'll take a little bit longer for them to gel. Uh, we saw it last year, got off to an 0-2 start. And I think that the Ravens will go in and beat Cincinnati on the road. I just okay. think overall, I think the Bengals, I mean, I think the Ravens have a really good team um, in terms of the defense. And I just think it'll take the Bengals a little bit of time, again, to to knock off that Russ of the Burrow. I mean, he not only did he not play in the preseason, but he also um, wasn't even practicing. And so that usually doesn't indicate for very high performance. So I got the Ravens. Then he got the
1: money hangover. I think to that point, too, the other benefit that the Ravens have against the Bengals in this matchup is that this is the first time that they'll be going against Todd Monken as the offensive coordinator. So they don't I don't think that they have a true they're not able to truly plan against like what they kind of expect with that. So I think that I think that I could totally see the Ravens pulling that win out. But I got Zay Flowers on my uh, fantasy team, so I'm hoping that he'll get me lots of points this week.
0: You, You need some big things. The next, we have the Seahawks at the Lions. They played last year in a tremendous football game. It was a shootout. I believe both teams got into the 40s. It was a big 45, Rashad
1: 48.
0: Pen- it was a big Rashad Penny and Kenny Walker game. Um, obviously, the Lions haven't. We haven't seen them since opening day when they went on the road to Kansas City and beat the defending Super Bowl champions. Um, but they're at home now, and for the first time, the, all the season tickets got sold out. This will be a raucous environment. Having Coming off that big win and all the expectations Lions have ahead of them. So I think the Lions will pick up the win. I think the offense will have their opportunities to, you know, explode as they've been talked about all offseason with all the weapons. And I'm expecting a big Amon-Ra St. Brown performance. And hopefully he stays as he was warned by the refs in last week's game, one thrust away from a penalty. Um, which he, you know, revealed in the media. So, away. <laughs> yeah, and I think that I think the Seahawks yeah, they they sustained a few too many injuries uh, in that first game, and, and football's a thing of injury luck. And so, I think right now at this current moment, the Lions are going to jump out to that two and I'll start.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I just think that there's a few things that are in the Lions' favor and to the. Uh, Seahawks disfavor obviously two of the offensive t- the starting t- offensive tackles for the Seahawks are both on injured reserve um and I just think Gino without that protection is going to struggle and then Jared Goff targeted seven different people players against Kansas City like I just think that you're going to see the Lions like with that depth their ability to be quick and honestly just Jared Goff against Geno Smith I think that that's um, something that you can kind of expect. I do think you're going to see, I do think that Pete Carroll is an incredible coach. So I think you're going to see a lot of adjustments made on the Seahawks that are to their benefit. You're going to see some better stuff than you did in week one, but I still think that the Lions will off that win.
0: I agree. I, I think that they're a pretty good team and uh, are going to be able to start creating some di- separation from the bottom of their division tier. Way to go, Uh, Detroit. Although I'm going to be a major Seattle fan on Sunday. The Colts, AFC South, are traveling to Houston to take on the Texans. Indianapolis coming off a loss to the Jaguars. A game, uh, my voice is breaking a little bit. Uh, I may have yelled once or twice tonight. But they came off a game which they almost beat. The Jaguars had a lead late in the second half. Ended up losing. Anthony Richardson had definitive flashes of brilliance. Uh, but also showed the rookie mistakes. And so the Texans came off losing to the Ravens. Ooh, they looked pretty sneaky good. CZH Stroud actually had the highest amount of pass attempts in a debut without an interception. Kind of a unique stat that I learned today. Who do you have, Colts or Texans?
1: I'm going to take the Texans on this one. I just think that you're going to continue to see, like obviously there's like some exciting things from Anthony Richardson, but as you mentioned, a lot of those rookie mistakes. And I'll see, I think you'll see a few more of those against this Texans defense, Um, especially because the Texans defense, like obviously they come out with a loss from Baltimore, but I feel like the defense had a pretty good standing against that team, especially for the disparity of the rosters. So I'm going to take the Texans in this one. I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I think this will be one of the fun games. Um, but I also think that the Texans being able to kind of get their first game under their belt, especially against such a mobile quarterback like Lamar Jackson, who's probably arguably one of the most co- uh, mobile quarterbacks in the league. I think that's going to be really incredible for them to go in looking at Richardson, who it has a very similar style of play to Lamar Jackson, but they're able to, but obviously at that rookie level. So I think they're going to be able to capitalize on that based on what they learned last week.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I honestly, I'm going to flip it. I'm going to take the Colts. I, I think what a lot of what you said is right. I do think the Texans probably, I don't know. I think it's kind of a toss-up. Who's a better team this early on in the season? I think the Force Buckner is probably the best player on the field on both sides, I, you know. So I just think Anthony Richardson may make a few plays um, that are electrifying and that gets them the win. I just, I'm not sure if I believe in the Texans enough, so I'm just going to ride with the Colts. But that one's 50-50 in my eyes. So next up, we have the Chicago Bears. They're traveling to Tampa to take on the 1-0 Baker Mayfield-led Buccaneers. Uh, the Bears coming off a demoralizing loss to the Green Bay Packers. They're, you know, That rivalry between those two is heavily you know, talked about. And the whole Aaron Rodgers ending to it where he basically never lost to him, talked a lot of smack. There was a major sense of relief from many Chicago Bear fans that it was over and that all the offseason additions, all the growth that they felt that Justin Field made last year was leading to this moment. Week one at home, beat down the new Jordan Love, beat down the Packers and begin a new era of dominance over the Packers. And none of that happened. Jordan Love looked very competent, comfortable. Aaron Jones looked really good. Quay Walker picked sixth, Justin Fields. And now they're at the danger of traveling to a Buccaneers team and falling down to Owen two. What do you make of the bears versus the Buccaneers matchup?
1: Yeah, I think this is another one that I could go either way on this, but I do think that what we saw, I think that the Buccaneers didn't have a lot of talk this off season, just because I don't think anything super exciting happened around the Buccaneers. And I think having a player like Tom Brady, like leave the organization just kind of deflated um, the hype around the organization. But I think what we saw on Sunday was promising for the Bucs. They obviously, they have a solid defense. They've got some weapons on offense and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And I just think that comparably right now, Justin Fields and Baker Mayfield, like They could play exactly the same level of football. So I don't think you have a major advantage when it comes to quarterback on either side of the field. Chicago's defense was still a liability last week. They did a ton of offseason additions and moves, and still it just felt like obviously when there's a lot of change, it takes a minute to gel. So maybe that there's potential that that Bears defense will kind of come together and that week one will be kind of an outlier on that. But Justin Fields is still an inconsistent as a passer. I think he's going to have a lot of pressure. It's going to have him make some mistakes. You'll see a couple turnovers, and so I'm going to go with the Buccaneers on this one. I think the Buccaneers are going to start out start out two and zero.
0: Absolutely, I agree. I agree with you. I I, uh, I don't think the Bears are any good, and I hate them.
1: So. If anyone can tell, Zach's a little bit deflated tonight. His his <laughs> from that Vikings demoralizing loss.
0: Yeah. Listen.
1: Everything I say. Absolutely.
0: Listen, there's there's not much in the in the motor tonight, but luckily the Vikes don't play Thursday night the rest of the year. So this is the only time they have to deal with it. But people are sick. People are sickos and they probably enjoy it. The Chiefs are playing at Jacksonville. And if you're a Jaguars fan, this is the time that you want to play the Chiefs. I don't know what the temperature is going to be. Paige, look that up as I intro this game, because the weather is typically a factor when you have to travel down to florida in the early part of the season i'm guessing 96 degrees 87 percent humidity down there in jacksonville for sunday how close am i
1: you are looking at 87 degrees with 76 humil- percent humidity. that'll that'll feel i like almost n- said humility
0: humility that'll feel probably mid mid 90s that's hot that's a hot i mean that's hot okay it's hot. that's hot it's very hot it's hot so when you got Chris Jones, who has been playing all uh, off season, and uh, Travis Kelce back, um, obviously probably hasn't been moving around a ton. I got, he got Jaguars. Hurt.
1: He got hurt one day before the season opener. He was playing before that.
0: I have the Jaguars beating the Chiefs. Okay. I think that while the Chiefs will be back to their normal form, Chris Jones is going to take a minute to get back into game shape. Travis Kelsey isn't at 100%. And I, I got scarred by the lack of weapons that Patrick Mahomes has at his disposal. Like, I had <laughs> scars. I think it's a crime against humanity to have Patrick Mahomes play with the poverty-level production team that he had. So, I think uh, the Jaguars win. I think that this is kind of a big step for Trevor Lawrence and for the team. Uh, in becoming who they need to be this year and taking that next step from AFC South champ, making the second round of the playoffs and now competing with the big boys at top of the AFC. And I think Trevor Lawrence is, as they say nowadays, him. So I think they win the game. Uh, 27-24, it's a good throw score out. there.
1: Interesting. Listen, this is my thing, is, yes, they, they got beat by the Lions. Very close game in the season opener. And literally Patrick Mahomes' receivers could catch nothing. Like not one thing. If they catch one pass, like that changes that entire game. So with Chris Jones back, I don't care that he hasn't been playing. His his just presence on the defense strikes the fear, not only to the part of the offense that he's playing against, but it also rallies and inspires his teammates. He's not just an incredible player. He's also an incredible leader. I think that you're going to see the Chiefs defense ball out. I think you're going to see a repeat of last year's postseason, where Travis Kelsey is back. Patrick Mahomes is pissed off. And if anybody is him in this league, it is Patrick Mahomes. So right. I'm just like, listen, I understand that there's some hype around the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think Trevor Lawrence is exciting. I think he'll get there. And I think that Trevor Lawrence paired with Calvin Ridley is obviously a really exciting duo. I think we're going to see an amazing things from them this season. And I think that they'll have a couple of shining moments in this game, but my money is on the Kansas City Chiefs, regardless of the weather, regardless of them having to get back in the groove of things. I just don't think you're gonna see Andy Reed and Patrick Mahomes let another one slip by.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just I, I believe in Trevor Lawrence. I believe in Doug Peterson. And it's always hard betting against Andy Reid uh, and Patrick Mahomes, but I just Who do you like
1: more, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert? You're fans of
0: both. Uh Lawrence. Ooh. I like Lawrence. Yep. Yeah. I feel good about that. I, I like Lawrence a little bit more. Um all right. The next game, Packers facing the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. So they opened the season with back-to-back road games. Uh, obviously, beat the Bears last week, as we had mentioned. Uh the Atlanta were able to beat up on a Panthers team by running the football and running it some more kind of like the game that we watched tonight with the Eagles <laughs> running on the Vikings. So, what do you make of this game? The Falcons obviously not people are not making much of their win over the Panthers as they are slated to be one of the worst teams. Is this an opportunity for Atlanta to make a statement and start the season 2 and 0 beating a good Packers team?
1: I think it is for two reasons. One, I the Packers' defense for the rush was rated uh 28th last season and I don't think that they've made a ton of adjustments to fix that issue. And also having it be week 2, I just think that there's opportunity for Atlanta's offense to kind of tear that tear that apart very similar to what Philadelphia did to the Vikings tonight. And so I'm taking the Falcons on this one. I just think you're going to see a lot of run game that's going to be super impactful for the Atlanta offense um, with B. John Robinson, Tyler Algier, but then also I think that from a defensive perspective, uh, Jordan Love played against Chicago last week, which we talked about earlier, their defense, not looking great defense of the past three years, but When he's playing Atlanta Falcons, that defense, he's facing a much harder pass rush and secondary. And so I just think he's not going to be as explosive. He's not going to be as mobile. I just think you're going to see him get banged up a lot more than he did against Chicago, and it's going to make it so he's not able to rip off as many throws and potentially keep A.J. Dillon under control.
0: Yeah, because obviously Aaron Jones uh, being injured you know, puts up one of those weapons that, you know, had an incredible week one into question. So uh, I'm with you. I think Atlanta gets the win. So I'm cheering. I picked the Lions, but again, I hope that all the division uh, teams lose. The Bills had the worst performance of week one, minus the Giants losing 40 to three, because they had an opportunity where if Josh Allen just plays football in a very, vanilla way they win the game uh you know we didn't really talk about the injury of of Aaron Rodgers Rodgers. much but the Jets are upcoming against the Cowboys here but Josh Allen just had to just hand the ball off honestly and they probably win that football game but instead he tried to do everything he can to be on every highlight tape imaginable I mean he jumped on third and 15 and he was nine ten yards away from the first down and tried to jump over people it made no sense. Uh, so I, I like them, I, but I think the, I think the time, I think the train's passing by the bills. This is an older team, and they don't have a pass rush, really. and I, I just don't know what to make of them. With all that said, I still think that they're going to beat the bills with the season opener, but I just don't think it's a very good team. I think the Raiders are better than what people are expect. But after already traveling to Denver and playing in the high altitude, traveling back to Vegas, and then traveling all the way across the country to New York for an early, ti- I mean early kickoff, you're talking body clockwise. This game kicks off at 9 a.m. for the Raiders. So, yeah. you know, I just think all that factors in. I think the Bills win, but I don't think it's going to be like a big blowout or anything. I just don't think this Bills team is good enough to do that.
1: You know, why well, I, I I need to just stick my claim in the ground that I did claim earlier in this season that I thought that the bills had missed their chance, their opportunity that that boat has kind of sailed and you're not going to see the same incredible bills play that we've seen over the course of the year. That being said, Josh Allen is the cutest boy in all the NFL and we love him and we will always cheer for him. But Josh Allen, this is not the first time we've seen Josh Allen have a Josh Allen game like that, where he tries to, he tries a little bit too hard for that highlight reel, and it makes it so that he's just tossing throws down fields that easily get intercepted. He's making mistakes. He's looking honestly just silly with a lot of the decisions that he's making, and you can see the frustration of his teammates and his coaches on the sideline. So this week, you know, Josh Allen's been head underwater. He's been watching all of the film. He's been getting his head right. And so I think that we're going to see a classic Josh Allen redemption game where it's going to be like, oh, yes, that's why he's one of the best players in the NFL. This is like, okay, this is Josh Allen that we're used to. Um, The Raiders beat the Broncos by just one point. Obviously, inner division is always tighter games. Week one, they're trying to get the move. And I think the Broncos are making steps in the right direction. But and I just think that you're good. I just I think that Josh Allen is gonna pull this one out.
0: Me too. I really I I just don't see any way they lose the home opener to a Raiders team. The Chargers they, Mafia. No. The Chargers traveled to Tennessee to Wait, take. Wait, did on. you
1: sorry, I have to say one thing. Did you see the uh, interview of Tyreek Hill on the podcast that he was on this past week where they asked him about the Bills fan base, and he was like, no, I don't like them. I don't like how they jump through those tables. What if they get hurt? That's not safe.
0: No, oh, he's so. an interesting cat, that guy, <laughs> The Chargers travel to Tennessee, take on the Tennessee Titans of Nashville, and after I think the Chargers played the most exciting game of week one in a shootout against the Dolphins, They now play against a team that's going to do everything they can to make it ugly. The Titans lost to the Saints week one in a very uh, interesting game, to say the least, between them and the Saints, where the Titans end up kicking five field goals. Tannehill had three interceptions, and they lost by one or two points. I think Justin Herbert goes into Tennessee and lights them up, and I think that they have uh, a lot of points up on the board. They have a better roster, better quarterback, substantially. And I think that uh, the, the only difference in this game is that the Titans have a better head coach. Rayroll is far and above a better coach than Brandon Staley. But I still think the mismatch in talent is going to lead to the Chargers and uh, going in there and beating Tennessee. And I really need it uh, because I said they're going to go 13-4. and four. So <laughs> then if they start 0-2, then I'd be cheering for them to start 0-3 because they play the Vikings. And then I would look like an idiot or the Vikings would start 0-3. So. You know,
1: We've got to have one or the other and we're going to choose yep. you looking like an idiot.
0: That's true. Exactly.
1: Um, yeah, I just think that Justin Herbert, what we saw last week, I think he's going to be able to really beat up that Titan secondary. I think that the Tennessee Titans, the thing that they obviously have going for them is Derrick Henry in the run game and their head coach. Um, but I think that the Chargers edge duo of Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack has a trench advantage over Tennessee. So I just think that we're going to be able to see uh, the Chargers kind of pick apart this Tennessee Titans defense, and they're going to score a lot of points, and you're going to see the Chargers out on top in this one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. The Rams host the 49ers, or should I say the 49ers, go to their second home to play (laughs) the Los Angeles Rams, a place that they uh, usually travel very well to. Uh, it's been well documented. So San Francisco, they absolutely bludgeoned the Steelers in their home opener. And now they get an opportunity to do that same thing to the Rams. Both teams are one and O. What do you make of this game? And do the Rams have a chance of beating the 49ers?
1: I mean, there's always a chance in football, but watching that 49ers game last week, I was just like, I don't know if any NFC team can beat the 49ers aside from the Cowboys. So, I am taking the 40 Eagles in this one. I don't know. I don't think the 40, you think the Eagles could beat the 49ers.
0: They, I mean, they have the offensive line to do it. I mean, I know Jalen hurts hasn't been playing very well, but,
1: but, and that's my thing is I'm like the 49, you try to run like that against the 49ers and you shut down the pass. Like Jalen hurts would get pummeled. I just think Jalen hurts would get eaten alive by the 49ers defense right now. Like the, how, how the Eagles are playing. I just don't think that they would match up to the 49ers well at all. But maybe I'm just, maybe I'm overhyping the 49ers right now. I just think that they have one of the most incredible rosters. And I just think that they're going to go and continue their reign of the Rams. And you're going to see the 49ers on top yet again this weekend.
0: I like it. I I don't disagree with you. I do think that the Niners and the boys are the best teams, but we also could be overhyping what the boys did. Because I don't think the Giants are very good. And that's a perfect segue. I, I think the Niners will beat the Into Rams. Into the
1: worst game of the week, Giants at Cardinals.
0: How often this one going be shown on Red Zone, do you think? It's one of the uh, later games? Twice. Twice. Is the cutoff, let me see, is the Chargers-Titans, is that an early window game? Or is that where Cook kicks off to, uh, let's see. Uh,
1: moves to uh, 49ers-Rams is the first of the afternoon.
0: Also there's only there's four. Okay. So okay. So Niners Rams was the first late window. All right, cool. Yeah. Okay, moving back. Uh, the Cardinals host the Giants. Car- Cardinals gave everything to the, the commanders that they could. And they still lost. I mean, they had a defensive touchdown and they lost the game. Giants, however, are still searching for the first points of the year after what was a truly terrible way to open up the sunday night football slate literally any game that was played that day would have been better to put on that slot
1: literally any game
0: any game are you gonna watch this one at all
1: (laughs) if it pops up on red zone
0: fair enough i'll be like oh, I,
1: i forgot that game was happening
0: yes who do you have who do you have who do you have
1: I've got the Giants. They're in a bounce back situation. They just got embarrassed and slaughtered on national television. Um, first game, Sunday night football of the season. And it did not go well for them. They've been the laughing stock of the NFL since. And so I think you're going to see the Giants bounce back against the worst roster in the league.
0: Yeah, not much to say on this one. I mean, the Cardinals are going to be one team that we just buzz over <laughs> as, as until fast they as we show can. us something promising. But I think the Giants win again. I don't think they're very good, so I'm, I don't. I don't think it'll be anything upstanding. But I, if they lose this game, Dan Jones might be traded, but probably not. But it would be a disaster. So <laughs> after getting the, the, the
1: contract extension, they just,
0: <laughs> just trade him to the Jets. They
1: trade him after game two. <laughs>
0: So the Jets, uh, you want to talk about a fan base probably more cursed because yes, they yeah they have a Super Bowl I guess, but that was a long time ago, and most of the fan base has died since that Super Bowl. So (laughs) uh, they play the Cowboys after what was the worst start to a season imaginable with Aaron Rodgers tearing his ACL. I really don't think there's been a worse. I really don't
1: pass as a Jet.
0: Well, he threw one. Never completed a pass as a Jet. He threw one out of bounds. Yeah, that's true. And if you are the Jets, the next five weeks are hell, and hell starts at Cowboys. So, do they have? Hell starts
1: with Zach Wilson as your quarterback,
0: Uh, and the worst possible matchup would be playing the Cowboys. (laughs) Like it it is, it is truly terrifying. The only way that they have a chance, and I still think that Jets have a great chance in this game, and the main reason being is that their defense is so so good, good. And Dak Prescott has a tendency to turn the ball over. He played a very clean, very, very, very vanilla game manager type game against the Giants because you know what? Nothing he should have he did what Josh Allen should have done. Don't mess it up. But I still think the Cowboys are gonna win. However, I do think the Jets, if they can create havoc, create some turnovers, never say never.
1: Yeah. I think this is going to be a really low scoring game. To your point, I think you're going to see a lot of three and outs between these two offenses. Um, and I just think it's going to be I honestly think it's going to be a matter of which defense is able to get one or two turnovers, possibly return for touchdowns. Obviously, that's how uh, the Jets were able to win in a walk off on the overtime game on Monday night. Um, but yeah, I have the Cowboys pulling it out too, just because I do think that Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. So I could see Dak Prescott at least getting one really solid drive in against the Jets defense, and that's how they're able to pull out the win. But I think it's going to be really low scoring, and I think it's going to be a tight game to the end.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. i I hope the I hope the Jets win because as much as like Zach Wilson struggled, it'd be fun to see him play well and i really I do i do think it'd be fun you
1: alum you know gotta always root for my guys no matter how weird they are
0: and i think it'd be fun if the if the jets were good
1: i know it would be kind of a cool story right like aaron Rodgers goes in has this cinderella moment everyone thinks that he's gonna be amazing but maybe the true plot line is that he tutelaged zach wilson so good that he made him a good quarterback and the Jets still get a Super Bowl on the back of Zach Wilson and Aaron Rodgers' tutelage.
0: I I was thinking they could squeeze out a week two game in Dallas. (laughs) There ain't no way in hell they're winning a a Super Bowl.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But imagine the storyline.
0: Yeah, it'd be Disney-esque, wouldn't it? (laughs) The Commanders traveled to Denver to take on the Broncos. Uh, Many thought that the first half of Russell Wilson in a Denver uniform was Sean The first half with Sean Payton in Denver uniform would be was a sign that things were going great. They end up losing a tough week one game to the Raiders, one that they felt like they really needed in order to get things going in the right direction. The commanders beat up on a bad Arizona team, snuck out with the win in Sam House's second start, who is now 2-0 in the NFL. Do the commanders go into Denver and do they beat them?
1: You know, originally I was going to say that I had the commanders on this one, but I'm changing my decision right now. And I think the Broncos are going to pull out this one. Yeah. I so that's that. all I have. That's all I have to say. I feel like pretty even keel here with these two teams. I think they both have some promise. They both have some very obvious areas of weakness. But I think that what we saw last week with Russell Wilson was a step in the right direction from the train wreck that was last year. In Denver, and I just, you know, with Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, I feel like that he could sneak out a win on this team, especially with the Commanders' defense being without defensive lineman Chase Young with a neck injury. I'm going to take the Broncos on this one.
0: Yeah. I think the Broncos. He says No, I I just, I touch on you. It's like I thought about the Commanders a little bit, but I just think, I don't think the Broncos lose the first two at home uh, with Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton takes what. He was able to do in the first half with Russell Wilson and expounds upon it, and, and they have a solid game, and, and they're able to win it. Um, I just don't think... I, that's a tough place for a rookie to go in, or a second-year guy, really his first year, obviously starting, going in into Denver and, and beating that team that has a pretty solid defense across from it. So The last Sunday, the Sunday night game, the Dolphins, who are the talk of the town, with Tua Tagovale throwing for 466, Number of tuds. Tyreek Hill, 200 yards plus, plus. and the Patriots have you know gave the Eagles everything they could. weren't able to get the win. Dolphins, funny stat: two was four and zero against Bill Belichick. Does that wild does stat that, actually? Does that improve to five and zero?
1: Yes. Woo! I'm hot on the Dolphins. Listen, when I was young, I was probably about seven. I played Madden against my father and I chose the Dolphins and I'd never played video games. And he clearly let me win this round, but I would. And so then I was like a mini Miami Dolphins fan for a stint. And that little stint has stuck with me and carried me through to this day where I feel like the Dolphins, I am on the Dolphins hype train. I think that we're going to see a lot of incredible things from them this season. But I just think obviously the Patriots had a really promising game against the Eagles. I think that you saw some really great stuff from Mac Jones, obviously through for more than 300 yards. And I felt like the Patriots defense did really well in week one against that Eagles offense. Um, but I think that you're going to see Miami pull out the win. And I think the one stat that's in Bill Belichick and the Patriots favor is is that that defense has held Miami to 21 or fewer points in three of their last four matchups. So if they're somehow able to contain Hill and Waddle, then I think that's the only way that this is a close game. Otherwise, I think you're going to see Tua throw in just bomb after bomb, and there's going to be a lot of touchdowns in this one.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see Mac Jones get into a shootout, but I don't don't really care who's... uh, you know, coaching the defense on the other side, when you have the speed and the ability that the, that yeah, like how do the you dolphins had, it's just, it's almost impossible. So I do think.
1: I wish I could run as fast as I agree.
0: Oh, well, you wouldn't be sitting here podcasting. me If that were the case, you'd be, <laughs> the, I think you'd be the fastest woman alive.
1: <laughs> wow, like to, to have ever.
0: Yeah. I mean, he is one of the fastest humans to ever live. So
1: who is the fastest woman alive?
0: I don't even, know that is that stat available? You ever wonder, like, yeah. Shikari
1: so the, Richardson is the fastest woman alive, according to a D Magazine article.
0: You know, you ever, you ever think what about What if I just
1: write an article that says Paige Ben is the fastest woman alive?
0: Posted on the his and hers podcast blog <laughs> spot. You ever wonder if there's, like, just, like, someone in life that, like, was, like, the greatest ath- athlete ever, just didn't ever have the opportunities to... To do it
1: like just think about how someone there's somebody out there who could be the best quarterback in the league, but they never picked up a football.
0: That's what I'm saying. Butterfly effect.
1: Wow. That's probably me.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Saints. uh, We have a doubleheader. Monday Night Football. The Saints in Carolina taking on the Panthers in the first of the two. Obviously, the league trying to get Bryce Young on early in the season. What's your
1: what's your feel for a double night header on Monday nights?
0: I think it's fine like once, but
1: Yeah, it's not my vibe.
0: I'd what's rather have a Tuesday
1: I'd rather have a Tuesday night game.
0: Monday and Friday.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. I think it was kind of cool like week one, but now they're trying to make that week one game like the like biggest storyline from the regular season. Cause you know remember the year before it was Russell Wilson going back to Seattle. Yeah. And then this year, obviously with Aaron Rodgers, I can't remember the years prior. So I feel like they're trying to like take whatever drama happened and have it be that Monday night game to open the year. And that, you know, hasn't, you know, didn't work for him this year. It was a dramatic game. It was actually a really good football game. But anyway, I digress. It was a
1: fun game.
0: Bryce Young had some moments, just kind of, you know, threw a couple of interceptions and uh it was up and down performance, has very poor weapons to work with. Do you see the Saints going in and beating after a, a a rock fight you would call it against the Tennessee Titans?
1: Yeah, this is another one that I was like kind of re- I wanted there to be an upset here. I was going with the Panthers, but I think I got to stick with the Saints. I think the state I just I think that Carolina Carolina's in a rebuilding phase as we all know. They have a pretty solid defense, but a very mediocre offense. Bryce Young's got to get into a rhythm and I don't think that's going to happen in game 2. Derek Carr has his flaws, but ultimately, like he threw for more than 400, 300 yards last week, and I think that he's going to be able to really just uh, exploit um, that Panthers defense a little bit. And so, I'm going to take, I'm going to go with the Saints on this one. A little old, no loss, some love.
0: Yeah, I just, I, I like when I was looking at the Saints schedule. This is one of the games that I that I had him starting two and um, zero. Which I, because I just feel that their schedule is advantageous, and uh, this is a good opportunity for them to get off to a great start. So yeah, I have the Saints winning, and I think they win pretty freaking easily. To be honest with you, I just, I just don't think the Panthers have much to offer in terms of competition. The Browns uh, go to Pittsburgh uh, in a AFC North matchup. This, if you look at the two games, I would imagine most of the TVs are going to be tuned into this one. I guarantee you without looking that this is the one that Aikman and Buck are going to be at. So the Browns coming off a throttling of the Bengals and that terrific defense. uh, And the Steelers coming off what would be considered a major letdown against the Niners after all that preseason hype. And Kenny Pickett having not looked the sharpest in week one. Who wins this highly contested AFC North matchup?
1: I'm taking the Browns on this one. I think this is going to be a lot closer because I think you're going to have the Steelers have a bit of a bounce back. And I think that the Steelers defense is good. And so I just think that the better defense is likely going to win out on this one. And from what I've seen and from the roster, I'm going to go with the Browns having that better defense. And so, yeah, I'm taking the Browns. I don't think I have much to say other than that. Like Pittsburgh has got injuries that I think are affecting their, their squad overall. So. Browns two and zero, Steelers zero and two.
0: Yeah, not not the way that the Steelers. I I think this one's tough. I do I do think the Browns are really good. Um, and so I've been kind of flipping back and forth on this. I just think I'm just going to go opposite of it, just because I think the Steelers are too good to go zero and two. I just think when they're at home to start the season, zero and two at home. It's one thing to lose one on the road, but this would be deflating for all of the buildup that the Steelers had to to lose back to back games at home to start the year. I I'm not super confident in it. I do really like the Browns team and the defense and and what they have to offer. And if Deshaun Watson starts to get back into the player that he was just a number of years ago, then they they could easily handle this team. But I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna go with the Steelers because I feel like just it's a gut feeling that they're too good to. Go to zero and two. Essentially, is is the only thought process behind there. So, I could be wrong.
1: Always cool. easy to bet on Mike Tomlin. He's above five hundred guy. So,
0: I, nine and eight five. for life. <laughs> well, thank you, Paige. Uh, any closing thoughts as we wrap up week two's preview?
1: School Vikings.
0: Oh, I'm so happy. Like you Let's said earlier, win
1: this next game.
0: Yeah. I'm so excited for week two. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun watching football all day. I have a wing stop order already put in. I'll be done. I'll be done post-marathon. I'll have completed that on Saturday if all goes well. Just a little
1: plug because do you run a marathon if you don't tell people about it?
0: Absolutely not. I'm going to get a 26.2 bumper sticker and put it on every car I drive. (laughs) That's a lot of them. So anyway... Um, I have a pretty big order in. I'll forget about the Vikings for a day and just enjoy the beautiful voice of Mr. Hansen as he serenades me with the sounds of touchdowns, turnovers, and hopefully an amazing day. Okay. Seven hours. I'm
1: It's
0: great. Well, thank you. Uh, we will be live with our reactions on Sunday. Love you.